Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with March 28th and April 28th, 1919, Part 13, pages 261 through 263. April 28th, 1919, Part 13. On April 26th, Piłsudski's portrait was displayed in many Polish shops and other buildings. There were festivities to honor the legionnaires, the soldiers, and the officers. The Polish element has made itself felt everywhere. Those ladies and gentlemen who have just lately been in hiding under the Bolsheviks have come out of their hiding places. Just a little while ago, everyone was dressed in ordinary working clothes, but now the fashion has changed. Under the Bolsheviks, the appearance of the city was practically Russian. Russian was heard in the streets all the time. The men were wearing Russian-style hats. Even the Polish landowners put them on so that the Bolsheviks would not recognize them. The Jews and Russian elements had the upper hand. On April 28th, Father Yakovonis from the town of Gervechai came to visit me and reported that the Bolsheviks are fighting the Poles near New Vilnia. He, we could actually hear the shooting. The dean of Balstodze, Białystok in Polish, sent me a report on the parish of Jasunai, Jasienkovo in Polish. The Polish Minister of State Property had confiscated church land in a wooded area, Lasek Kalushinsky in Polish. Naturally, the pastor protested that even the Polish government was starting to confiscate church property. I told a certain priest about this with an expression of disgust. As a result, some of the Polish nationalist priests made haste to spread the rumor that ostensibly I was complaining and spreading gossip about the confiscation of the forest in order to attack the Polish government and to discredit it in the eyes of the people. They were discussing it at the seminary, and one of the priests told me about it, warning me to be more careful. Really, there is a great deal of unhealthy sensitivity here in regard to nationality. It never even occurred to me that I was attacking the Polish government. I received a telegram through Monsignor Mikulkevich, former administrator of the diocese from Poznań. A committee has been formed there to send relief and aid to the people of Vilnius and the eastern lands. They had already sent their representative to Warsaw and were asking that Vilnius send one to the chief welfare council, Rada Głowna Opiekunczka. Jasna number 32 in Warsaw, to discuss how this aid should be sent and distributed. After conferring with Monsignor Mikulkevich, I invited Mr. Nedzielkowski, former mayor of the city, Mr. Wopaczynski, his wife came since he was fa uh, away, Father Kretovich and Father Kulesha. I entrusted them with the organization of a committee similar to the chief Welfare Council here in Vilnius. They decided to delegate Mr. Wopaczynski, who had already gone to Warsaw on other business, to handle the matter. On this occasion, Monsignor Mikulkevich told me that the Poles were very upset and even indignant. It seems that Father Tumas and Father 
Abarivichus are constantly conferring with the Jews from morning till night and plotting with them against the Poles. I called in Father Tumas and asked him if this were true. He said that he had not been seeing any Jews, nor had he conferred with them. As for Father Abaravichus, he is just a guest here. He is not involved in any Lithuanian activities. He just plays cards. He said that it was true that some Lithuanians, laymen, are allying themselves with the Jews and confer with them because their common misfortunes and sense of oppression have brought them together. The way things have turned out, there is nothing else to do but to unite with the Jews and the Belarusians. A while ago, there were complaints about Father Tumas because he wore secular clothes, especially a checkered jacket. He justified himself, saying that he returned from abroad in those clothes, the only ones he had. He was saving his threadbare cassock to say Mass in. Actually, I myself have seen that his cassock was very worn. I could see that this man was a true idealist and very devoted to his work. I told him that he could continue to wear the clothes he had until God grants us better times. He said that he was now editor of the paper, Nepriklausoma Lietuva, Independent Lithuania. He is doing it without any salary. Since he, has, since he only has 600 rubles, he does not know what he will do when he runs out of money. Perhaps he will have to move somewhere else away from Vilnius. In this last section of the long entry, Blessed George continues to reflect on the changing face of the city. What had seemed like a Russian city under the Bolsheviks has now changed completely. Blessed George learns of Catholic churches and land being confiscated, and he complains about this to a priest, but his words are reported as a criticism of the government. The Blessed George meets with some clergy and laity to form a committee for food distribution. He then receives a complaint about some of his priests. He meets with one and learns that there are always two sides to every story. Everyone was suffering because of the ongoing conflicts and warlike conditions. World War I ended in 1918, but there are still conflicts in Vilnius during that following year. And Blessed George had to deal with unbelievable conditions in his diocese. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.